Good morning and welcome to a new episode of the Hashtag Moledge podcast. This is Rachel Herndon Dunn, editor of the Missouri Times, and I'm here with Alicia Sure, a rock star reporter at the Missouri Times. This is obviously a Missouri Times production, in case you missed it. So, first week of session was last week. How do you feel, yes. Alicia? You feel good? I, I feel like it happened. It happened. Of course, today we have same old rundown. We got our top five stories last week. Talk about that. We've got the buzz and then what's on our plate, which I hope you know what it is. If you don't, I guess you have to listen to this entire thing because heaven forbid you just skip to the end. Um, top five most read last week. Number one story. DHSS begins rulemaking process for medical marijuana program. One so the, hundreds of applicants, millions of dollars. Yes. So DHSS said they got 250 forms and $2 million of pre-filed application fees. That's a lot. That's a lot considering. Especially considering that there's the no advantage. There. <laughs> and the rules aren't there. Um, so they don't even know if they're going to limit the number of licenses they're going to give out yet. They haven't. Can they do that? Because I mean, the amendment says There's a minimum, minimum of, I think it's 92 licenses. I mean, that would just not be the Republican way to limit business. You know, I don't know. Since we know the filing fees, I did a high school or Oh, yeah, you did like a, case, a, a word problem, like sixth did, grade word problem. I did a sixth grade word problem to figure out that of the 255 forms filled out, 125 of them were for cultivation facilities. And then the other 125 were split between dispensary facilities and medical marijuana infused facilities. You heard it here first. The Missouri Times, really good at math. <laughs> really Unlike good some at other... middle school math. <laughs> I mean, that's better than most people. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I haven't taken math since my freshman year of high school, and that was a long time ago. Is that because ago. you were counting cows? No, that's because that's when my high school ran out of math classes for me to take. As much as I would like to talk about the Oregon education system, our number two most read <laughs> story of last week was not ever was not actually read. It was looked at. It was the 2019 legislative ball photos. Yes, between me and it was and you and Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, who's not here, who's late. Aaron, um, it was your first legislative ball. Yes, it was, and there were some gorgeous dresses. Yes, you know, I was impressed. And I put it in the Whispering Gallery, our subscriber email, that if you don't get, you should probably make arrangements, too. Um, dresses this year were just amazing. Like, my first legislative ball, there was skunk beer, there were some neons, there was a lot of bedazzling, there was a lot of denim. Really? You didn't Not see a lot so of, that of that this year. year. This was very classy. Oh, yeah. What stood out in my mind is I loved Core Faith Walker's dress. That was a good dress. Like, and her and Dottie Bailey, both state reps, were wearing a similar color dress. Yes. Representative Bailey's dress also gorgeous. Um, yeah, okay. but yes, Representative Walker's dress, though gorgeous. Hands down, the kids sh- stole the show. Yeah, that tends to happen. I really liked all the tiny tuxedos. I'm, I always love those. I'm a fan of the princesses. Yes, so Representative Remily's four of his, I think, six grandchildren dressed in princess dresses. So Cinderella, Rapunzel, Elsa. Aaron is now, Aaron's decided to grace us with his presence now. (laughs) 
Rapunzel and Elsa were at the legislative ball. There is a picture of it in today's Missouri Times newsprint. There was a weather delay. In case you missed it, um, Jefferson City got about 17 inches of snow. But photo of the week is four of his granddaughter's dresses, adorable little princesses. And um, I asked both the permission of the parents and the princesses to print that photo because um, we did not have a child policy for photos because usually we don't have to. Anyway, number three, the most third most read story of last week, incoming lawmaker looks to protect minors while combating sex trafficking. So this is about Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman. Yes, it's the first bill she's ever filed. And you know, I think at some point in time, every state rep will say on the floor, well, a constituent brought me this issue. Not That was not an impression of any state rep in particular, um, just for the record. <laughs> um, this is true in this case. Yes. Uh, Representative Coleman has a constituent or district who was charged with prostitution before she could legally be charged with consent, right? That's how it um, breaks down. I don't know the full details of the story. That's, that's what I. That's how I understood it. Yeah. Um, but that's what the bill would change, basically. Yeah. So before you're 18, you cannot consent to sex. Period. Right. Under Missouri law. But you can totally get charged with prostitution. Yes. So that's what Mary Elizabeth wants to change. Yes. I mean, that makes sense. Well, right now, um, there is actually some work that Cora Faith Walker did in previous years that changed it. So affirmative defense was if you could prove that you were under 18 at the time and you were coerced into it. If you can prove. You just get an ID. (laughs) You know what? Um, And that you were under the coercion of someone else while performing the act. Yeah, there was like some there's some like gang language in there, right? Um, so Mary Elizabeth's bill takes away the coercion part and it also expands the definition of gang activity to include commercial sex trafficking. Yeah, that makes sense too. And then uh, it also allows for those convicted of prosecution of prostitution while a minor to have their records expunged. All right. That seems like a very strong first bill for an incoming freshman from a district like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very nice after the story went up. The actual constituent from Mary Elizabeth's Coleman's district actually reached out to me. Oh, that's nice. She interview her? <laughs> no, she just wanted to let me know <laughs> that she was the constituent that had talked to the representative during the campaign. So we have verified that this constituent and the constituent <laughs> issue do, in fact, exist. And she was just thanking us for writing a That's story nice. on it. It I was very sweet. I love that. Um... Number four, most read story of last week. Speaker Har takes role of speaker. Well, that was redundant. I threw in the first speaker. Har <laughs> takes role as speaker, promising, quote unquote, bold solutions. So I, I heard o- only good things about the speaker's speech. I was in the Senate listening to the pro tem speech. Um, so you were there. What did I was you think? There. Um, it was a very solid speech he made sure to include democrats in it and talk about issues that mostly gain a lot of bipartisan support they're not always bipartisan on the issues like how to solve them (laughs) but it's issues that everyone could identify with (coughs) for the most part very good this was in your was this one of the first speeches you've ever seen aaron uh from a in a political realm, yeah. What did you think? 
as a normal person, were you bored? No, no. Or were you kind of... I was expecting everything, you know, my expectation was high, and, and I felt like it was met. Uh, to me, it was, it was quite powerful, um, impactful, and it seemed like, you know, everyone was pretty wrapped up in it, quite interested. I got a few texts that the speaker got a little emotional talking about his parents. Yeah. And I love that. Like, yeah. I think it says a lot about a man, how he talks about his family. Well, and you could tell that, like, he meant what he was saying. Yes. I got to meet the speaker's mother afterwards. She is lovely. <laughs> uh, sister as well. I will say a, a, a lot of what was talked about in this speech actually coincides with stuff that Governor Parson has been talking about since he it's took office. It's almost like the Republican Party is in power at every single level right now. And they're working together now. Yeah. I will say that's kind of refreshing. <laughs> Number five, most read story of last week. Ashcroft aims to reform initiative petition process in a content-neutral way. So we talked about this a little on the podcast last week, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But you sat down with Secretary Ashcroft. I did. And he wants to see some IP reform. He does. I think he's just, I, I think he's just actually mad because he doesn't think there needs to be another Miranda right about women wearing a big shirt. <laughs> no, no, no. This one is the right to remain covered this time. <sighs> Fiddle dude. <laughs> oh, his point was that every single initiative petition filed goes through three statewide offices. It goes to the auditor's office for um, a fiscal, fiscal note, note, and then it goes to the attorney general's office to see if it constitutionality right? even meets the law yeah. requirements, and and then his office handles it too. So it doesn't matter if it's the exact same petition that's already been filed, just with slightly different wording. It still has to go through the entire process again, and. And I did the math, and in 2018 cycle, of the 371 petitions filed, <coughs> the only 32 Missourians filed all of those. Yeah. One person filed 60, another 57. I feel like of those 32, half of those were lawyers, and the other half were very concerned citizens. Yes. Yes. Washcraft <laughs> is looking for a way that doesn't say you can't file something, but... Stop filing eight different versions that have the, two different word differences. Yeah. Or that don't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. And the but idea it did seem like from that interview that he still wants the process to be as open as possible. Yes, he didn't. It was very much just looking at what if we institute a refundable filing fee so that you file your petition and if you go collect signatures, you get the money back. That seems reasonable, to be honest. Yeah. And it's definitely more reasonable in California's $2,000 filing fee that is non-refundable. I mean, we just talked about DHSS beginning a rulemaking process where people are dropping five and $10,000 for an application on a business they may not even be able to open. Um, on an application that hasn't been written. Been written, yet. yeah, you know. Because they just started the rulemaking process. Yeah. So let's move to the buzz. So first things first, session is underway. It looks like committee assignments will be announced in the next 
36 to 72 hours? I imagine they'll I, all be out this week. Yes, this week. Uh, we do I, have a couple yes. committee assignments. We know the budget chairs, which are Smith and Hageman. Yes. Um, and the House Transportation is Becky Ruth with Nate Tate as vice chair. And they have bills referred to them. Yes. Um, Gloria Bound Highway. Corey Brown Highway. I'm guessing we might see that on the floor this week. I have a feeling. You know, last year, the first bill passed was Gloria's. Yes. And, you know, I would not be surprised if this is the way the House chose to go this year. Make this their first bill. Very special lady. You would have liked her, Aaron. Yeah. Aaron was not here. Um... Anyway, so things are are close to being normal, but we're we're not quite there yet. Today is January fifteenth. You want you know what that means? It's quarterly filing day. <laughs> it is. It's, quarterly it's filing like Pee-wee's day. Playhouse in here, and the furniture all just like opened up. And... <laughs> are you excited? I'm excited. It's always interesting going through financial reports and just. <laughs> I'm just happy that Alicia's turned out to be better at than I am. It's always a relief whenever someone pops up that's better at something after I kind of hit a wall and I feel like I'm the only person who can do something. And then Alicia comes along and she's like, oh, let me look at this spreadsheet for you. I'm like, oh, no, please don't. Here. And she does, and she does it faster than I did. She organizes it, and she found, like, a table plug-in so you can go through it easier. easier. Yeah. Anyway, what's on our plates? Tomorrow, Wednesday, Secretary... Or blah, 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 State of the State speech. Yes. Um, and from the emails we've gotten on the media side from the governor's office, it looks like it's going to be a jam-packed day for the 3 o'clock speech. It looks to be very jammed packed. There's a briefing on the briefing. <laughs> well, um, there's a budget briefing. And oh then there's goodness. a briefing on the briefing. <laughs> and then there's the state of the state. <laughs> I would I, I would expect that speech to be very good. I'm excited. Especially for just because the governor's taking everything he's done very seriously. And I don't think this is gonna be a a slightly awkward speech like we had last year that obviously changed at the last minute and was just awkward and yeah. I don't think it's going to be 16 minutes long. Yeah. Erin, how long do you think the state of the speech state of the state speech will be? I'm going to say 8 minutes 34 seconds. That is very specific. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with 25 minutes. 25 minutes. I don't know what is typical. That's a TV episode. Last year, not typical. We'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Last year is my only frame of reference. Oh, that's so sad. So I'm going to go with 18 minutes. 18 minutes. Okay. I think between 18 and 25 is a reasonable ballpark, to be honest. Um, I will say, so the, the last not weird state of the states were done by Governor Nixon. And he would say both Missouri and Missouri. Make and sure like, everyone feels included. Yeah, exactly. And so it used to be at me up in the house press gallery, and I would, like, tally them out and see if he favored one over the other. And it was even, which that is just impressive work right there. Um, I'm really – what's curious to me is the governor is planning on releasing his budget outlook. Yeah? I love that. And – 
again, my only frame of reference is last year where we were looking at What is the difference between the CRE and the budget outlook? Uh, CRE is just expected revenue. Okay. Budget is actually how you want to spend that revenue. Okay. Okay. You know, that was a really good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Keep Alicia on her toes. That was a genuine question, though. So, yeah. So, stay of the state. You want to go take pictures, Aaron? Of course. I, I think we should probably put that on the cover. Probably. So, I'm... I heard there's something exciting happening at the Capitol today. Yeah, I can't, I'm not at liberty to discuss things <laughs> that I may or may not be incredibly excited for. I will say, I think this is, a, I think the first month of session, I know there's a lot of people who just like don't come in. I love the first month of session because nothing's really like rolling. No one's completely like legislatively focused. It's more like general politics. Like everyone's happy to see each other still. There's a lot of special guests. I love special guests. Um, so far, my special guest was a few years ago, the World Series trophy came to the Capitol. And I wish I had known about that before because I would have worn something different for my incredibly awkward photo. (laughs) But it looks like Missouri is on pace to maybe have another trophy soon. And that'd be really cool. But not the same trophy. No, no, no. It's a different sport, (laughs) Alicia. Come on. (laughs) I'm aware of that. I'm not completely ignorant. Yes. Anyway, um, keep an eye on that capital calendar. I've been updating it every day. Um, I, I wish I was kidding there, but I'm not. A lot of things are finally happening again. Had a nice break this fall, obviously. But after the state of the state on Wednesday is going to be the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. celebration. If you want to go take pictures, Aaron, you can, but it's at 630. Um, today, the 15th, is the annual awards ceremony of Locke and Smith Foundation. That'll be at the Capitol. And then, Alicia, the Heart of America Dairy Expo will be happening in Springfield. Oh, yes. Yay. I mean... That's actually kind of exciting, but I'm not driving to Springfield. You're not bringing us... No, it is a it is trek. This weekend is the Missouri Dump Truckers Association annual shindig in Columbia. Also, be sure you keep in mind that there is potential, quote-unquote, for a major winter storm this weekend. Um, But regardless of whether there's a winter storm, there is no session on Monday because of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Sounds like we have a solid week ahead of us. Yes. And it it will eventually become normal. And people will be less happy to see each other. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to another Hashtag MoLedge podcast. I am going to go to the Capitol, and I think I am going to have a special guest for you on Thursday for your drive home. Maybe not. Don't get too excited. But nonetheless, thank you for listening to the Missouri Times Hashtag MoLedge podcast. Have a great day.